Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Chris Anstey has been good enough to join us. Australian basketball great to chat some NBL and some NBA. Welcome here, Chris. Great to have you on. Welcome back, Dwayne. You got me. I have got you loud and clear. I'm not sure I'm as loud or you're as loud and clear as the Perth Wildcats are loud and clear right now. They're letting the world know that well, if they're not the best team in the NBL, they're certainly the second best. Them and Melbourne United, the teams to beat. I'll tell you what, there are a few teams who, who didn't start the season fantastically. And uh, Perth is certainly that. It, it seems like a lifetime ago, the Wildcats fans and a lot of people around the NBL were calling for John Rilly to be sacked. And I, I remember there was a game where it was almost a must win in many people's eyes for Rilly to keep his job. And um, it just seems ludicrous now that that conversation would have happened but they're playing great Bryce Cotton is playing as well as anyone in the league and I think reminding everyone that he is one of the greatest to play in this league but it's you know, it's teams like Adelaide who, who have won I believe four in a row or four or five and Illawarra who under Justin Tatum have turned their season around I, it's so even um, the Brisbane Bullets played the Cairns Taipans uh, the, the Brisbane Bullets won last night are they a win here or there, a loss here and there, it'll, it'll quite literally take you in and out of the top four. It's just so close. Trying, trying to work out whether there's um, enough proof in what we've seen from this NBL season. You're better off sticking with your coach during tough times or you're better off flicking him and getting a new guy because both seem to have worked. Perth stuck with theirs, it's worked, and getting a new coach has worked for a couple. I think the, the biggest thing is you need leaders of men you know, in the NBL. It's one thing to have all the X's and O's right. It's another thing to be able to lead a group of grown men. And I think that's one thing Justin Tatum can do. He's respected. He can lead grown men. And he has assistant coaches around him who probably fill in the gaps in the areas that he might not have quite have the experience that or the experience of others at the moment. But, uh, you know, Jacob Jacobus, who coached the Illawarra Hawks, is a really interesting one where he's done probably the longest apprenticeship of all time under Brian Gorgian, and you couldn't ask for a better mentor. So he's got a lot of the same ideas and philosophies, but at the end of the day, he's not Brian Gorgian. And, you know, as soon as Justin Tatum took over and the players were given a bit of freedom and, yeah, they've just turned the corner and they've been really impressive. So... No, you're right. I mean, I'm not sure what the right answer is. I'm, I'm kind of glad there's no one set rule for hiring coaches, but uh, certainly the Illawarra Hawks uh, would be very, very happy with uh, with their change in fortune. Do you, if the final started tomorrow, if it was a best in five grand final series tomorrow between the Perth Wildcats and Melbourne United, who would you be picking between those two? 
Well, if it was tomorrow, I, I might tip Perth because Shaley and uh, JLA might be out. But mm. if it was at the end of the season, um, which thankfully uh, for Melbourne United, I suppose in this situation it is, I still think Melbourne are the team to beat. I think they've got greater insurance across injuries as we are seeing. Uh, they've had the luxury of being four or five games clear on top of the ladder for a while now. And that allows them to, you know, first and foremost, get some heavy training phases in. Secondly, it's, it still remains human nature as much as we say it, it doesn't. Uh, the players have sort of been in their minds assured that top or top two spot for quite a while now. So I think we'll see them gear up again. Uh, I think we'll see Coach Dean Vickerman shorten the rotation a little bit as he gets close to the playoffs. But more importantly, uh, I think we'll see a full-strength Melbourne United in the next couple of weeks. So they're still the favourites in my book. Perth have been fantastic. I think probably the only other team that I give a genuine chance of winning this is Tasmania. I, I do think it's come down to three. Tasmania were exceptional against United. Uh, just a week or so ago, and the Sydney Kings are probably t- probably the team that, on paper, them along with New Zealand, I would have thought they could contend if they played to their capacity. But uh, neither of those two teams have found a way to do that this season. So, the longer the season goes, the more I don't think those two teams can compete. New Zealand have got a hell of a job just to make the playoffs uh, before they even worry about that. But the Sydney Kings, it's going to it's going to be interesting. Uh, you know, with Brian Gorgian looking for a job next year and he took that club to three consecutive championships and having won the last two championships and if they were to miss the playoffs of the year after with a new coach, there's got to be conversations had. So, you know, between them and Adelaide, uh, it's going to be really interesting on top of everything else to see where Brian Gorgian lands if, in fact, he does land in Australia. How much of a say does um, Andrew Bogut have up there? Uh, I'd I'd imagine as an... Yeah, I would imagine as an ownership group, him, Luke Longley, Paul Smith, Paul Kine, those guys will all sit in the room. There has to come a point where their basketball expertise comes in. But one thing I do know, uh, you know, there, there was some calling for Chase Buford with some of the behavioural things uh, to perhaps be removed as head coach, but they stuck fat with him. Uh, he won the last two championships. They worked with him, I would imagine. It'll be the same potentially. But I'll tell you what, it's again, Brian Gordon wasn't available last year. And the Adelaide 36 was Scotty Ninnis, who previously coached the Adelaide 36s and, of course, was a legend of the club. Uh, in a similar vein, that Justin Tatum has really loosened the reins. Uh, he's let the guys play. They're going really, really well. And it's too far gone now, I think, for them to, to make it, to even play, get to a play in game. But Again, it's been really impressive what they've done, but certainly they're on the hunt for a coach as well. And whether it's Ninnis or not, uh, the next month or so might dictate that. Speaking of Chase Buford, I mean, he sort of, the NBL almost waited until he left before having this crackdown on any criticism of the refs, given that Chase Buford, who was a championship winner, um, was up there with the all-time best when it came to uh, giving the refs some carry on the sideline. Um, do you like what they're trying to do here, the NBL, even though we know that Adam Ford, well, I don't know if he's going to get fined for sarcasm. Can you get fined for sarcasm? But what he said, the NBL has done a great job stamping out any critical feedback and accountability. So he's let the world know that uh, he's not happy with the referee. 
Look, there's two points. A, I like what they're trying to do, but probably more importantly is they need to fix the core root of the problem, which is the quality and the consistency of the officiating. Uh, they need to meet in the middle at some space. But, uh, yeah, we saw it with the AFL, uh, the, the 50-metre penalty for descent anytime you, you look the wrong way at an umpire. That disappeared pretty quickly. So I think that may be what they're trying to do is go to extremes. I do think they need to loosen it a little bit, especially on those calls where the majority of people uh, know that the referees made an error. But I think that the bigger area I'd love to see the NBL invest a little bit more money or a few more resources into is actually the training and the guidance given to the referees so we give players and coaches less reason uh, to get to that level of emotion. So, yeah, I, I agree with what they're trying to do. I just think uh, there needs to be a little bit more investment into the referee so we can avoid a lot of it before it occurs. Yeah, it's a great analogy there, Chris, because I think that is exactly what happened in the AFL. The stand rule was adjudicated way too strict. The 50-metre restricted area adjudicated way too strict. The descent rule was adjudicated way too strict. And when they found the middle ground, we all got on with it. And uh, maybe you're right about that analogy for the NBL to follow suit. So a uh, nice way of summing it up. Hey, also want to come back to Bryce Cotton. I should know the answer to this question before I ask it, but I don't. Is he eligible for the Olympics or not? He's not. And he, he did actually come out publicly a couple of weeks ago and said that, look, with, with everything that's gone through, he no longer aspires to play for Australia. Um, I think he'll still... He wishes the boomers all the best, but I think he's... Well, he says he's put that behind him now. So I think he'll still move forward with gaining citizenship and if anything, playing for the Wildcats as a local player, which is a very scary thought for the rest of the league. But the Boomers, no, he's not eligible. He doesn't seem to be as interested now as what he was previously to play for them, uh, which is a shame. I, I think whether or not he made the team or not, it would have been something pretty special. You know, in, in my year, it was Leonard Copeland, Ricky Grace, guys like that, Scott Fisher who played uh, for the Boomers as naturalised players. I would have loved to have seen Bryce Cotton at least be involved in the program. And whether or not he got to a major tournament or not, um, you know, really find a way to impact that program at some level uh, before he's done with the league. So, look, at the, at the end of the day, he's one of the best, uh, certainly the best of this generation uh, to play in the league. And we just need to see as much of Bryce Cotton as we possibly can. How's our list for Paris looming? Um, Chris Golding out of the NBL gets a berth, I presume. Who else gets a berth on what you've seen this year? It's going to be a really interesting selection process. It's so many of our guys who are in the NBA are playing low minutes. Uh, you know, Paddy Mills played in the last couple of games, but has essentially been sitting for, for much of the year. It's going to be really interesting when the Olympic preparation rolls around to see... First and foremost, how well the guys who haven't played many minutes are playing. They, they just won't have the minutes in their legs. But also, most of the Aussies in the NBA at the moment, outside probably Josh Giddy, but even Josh to some extent plays supporting roles. So it's going to be interesting to see who steps up to be the guy for the boomers and perhaps the top two. Uh, but Andrew Bogut made a really good point on his podcast that maybe more so at the Olympics coming up than the World Cup, we may see more guys who have played this season in the NBL. Chris Golding, Mitch Creek, perhaps. Not sure who else. Maybe even JLA. 
uh, who have played game after game after game, week after week after week, and a little bit more match fit, for lack of a better term. So it's going to be interesting. That I think that we very well may find find ourselves in a situation where a current NBA player is available for selection and misses, which probably speaks volumes of uh, where the national program and basketball in Australia is right now. So we're a, we're a shooter short and a big short, really, aren't we? Is that where we're at? Yeah, perhaps. And it, it's going to be really... We're, we're certainly one or two big short. Um, we're very small internationally. It'll be really, really interesting to see if Matthew Delavidova, with the season he's had, and it's been impressive, finds his way back into the Olympic team, back onto the Boomers team. He missed the World Cup, uh, in some people's mind, controversially. So, yeah, we, we definitely need size, but you can't teach size. Uh, you know, I'm probably a little bit biased. I don't think, well, I think it's going to be a very, very hard ask to, to make the medal with the group we've got this year, given the strength of rosters we're going to come, come across. But I'd love to see Rocco Zakarski go as our 12th guy. He'll be one of our genuine stars in the future. Yeah, the 12th guy generally doesn't play too much anyway. Chris Golding played very little at the World Cup. I'm not suggesting he misses at all, but if you're not going to play a player, I'd rather take a young guy and not play Rocco Zakarski and let him see an Olympic Games in person before we ask him to be a big part of the next one four years later. So, again, another really, really interesting part of the selection. Talking to one of our all-time greats, Chris Anstey. Before I let you go, Chris, uh, who do you like in the NBA? Boston, well, I watched them get beat the other day at home, but um, they're still arguably the team to beat. Milwaukee's going OK. A bit of a surprise in the West given that uh, I think Minnesota are top of the pops at the moment and Denver's not far away. But uh, who do you yeah. like? Well, Minnesota and OKC, first and second, and it's been incredible to see what both of those two teams have done. Maybe an even bigger surprise for, for many people in the West is how well the Clippers have come together. They struggled at the start of the season. They traded for James Harden. I think they lost five or six in a row, and it looked... Very dire, but uh, they sit fourth in the West, if I'm not mistaken, at the moment and are playing as well as anyone. It's really hard to pick one coming out of the West. I, I, I still think Denver at full strength, but uh, it'll be difficult. Uh, as you say in the East, it has to come down to Boston, Milwaukee and Philadelphia, I would imagine. I don't see any other of the teams A, challenging as is or B, making a trade that'll tip them over the edge, but certainly one of those seasons that's wide open. I think there are a lot of fans in a lot of cities around the world and in the United States who give their team, you know, even if it's not one of those, just a puncher's chance of beating any team on any given night. So it's, it's really exciting. And Lakers and Golden State might not even make it to the playoffs. The, oh, the Warriors might be in trouble. They, they, this could be the end of the, the, the dynasty that's been incredible. And, uh, I, I can't see them making the play-in, let alone the playoffs, with the depth of the West. And you know, it'll be interesting to see if they end up moving or trying to move Draymond Green, Clay Thompson. You know, Andrew Wiggins has been really disappointing this year, and the Lakers, it seems, will probably find a way into a play-in spot. But they need help, and they'll be active at the trade deadline. So. I think the Lakers find their way in. You know, LeBron, AD, you never know. Again, they have a puncher's chance against anyone just with their size and experience, but they need a little bit more help. But um, two big names, and it, it's, for me, it's a lot of fun. And for a lot of basketball traditionalists, it's a lot of fun seeing small market teams sit atop 
uh, right now the Western Conference against some of those uh, traditional powerhouses. So, uh, you know what? I'm still going for OKC uh, and Dallas in the West. I'd love to see Josh Giddy get to a, an NBA Finals and, and see what that looks like. I guess I'm going to be great for basketball in Australia and, you know, great for the small market team. But on top of everything, great for Josh Giddy after the season. Pat. I know you're biased, but uh, there's a lot of people that are with you on that. And the N- MVP, it's a pretty open race as well. Uh, yeah, what I like Joel Embiid. I, I didn't like him as much last year. He found a way to win, and I think Jokic might be favourite at the moment, but Joel Embiid's been dominant. He's been really, really good. Um, here's my tip. Uh, Luka Doncic has been fantastic as well. I, I love Shea Gilgis-Alexander, and I hope he finds votes, you know, in line with the type of season he's had and the improvement his team made, his team's made. But right now, if you, again, as you said before, if I had to pick it today, I'd probably give it to Joel Embiid. Are you in the hotel business these days? Is that correct? <laughs> I'm sitting at Hotel Trentham right now, gearing up for a dinner service. So, uh, no, it's been great. A lot more time in the country these days. We opened, we opened the pub 10 days ago. So it's been a lot of fun. The community up here in Trentham is great and, like having one massive living room for the locals to come in and have a beer and I've got to clean up after them unfortunately but uh, that's a lot of fun. So you'll pour them one if you or will you serve the, the Palmer? What, what do you do at the Trent? Yeah probably won't serve the Palmer. a little bit behind the scenes but now I find myself in the front bar poured a few beers, served a few meals and all hands on deck for everybody up here it's just the, uh, the country way of doing things so now, if anyone's listening, Hotel Trentham, it's only an hour from the bridge, Westgate Bridge or the uh, or the Balti Bridge. Beautiful day trip this long weekend, I reckon. Drop in and say hello, Chris Anstey at the Trentham. Great to have you, Chris. We'll talk soon. Cheers, Dwayne.